guys. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Paint the Town Dead. I am half of your host, Caitlin. And I'm the other half, Andrew. And we are very grateful that you came back to us uh, to talk about this week's episode. But before we get into that, how's everybody doing? Let's do a little mental check-in here. How's it, how is everybody? Yeah? Are you, you're okay? You're all okay. 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 If you're not, big hugs all around. If you're not, talk to somebody. Don't hold it in. Uh, yeah, that's probably good advice. Yeah, right? I, I don't know. You, you, I don't feel qualified. You, yeah. I'm it, not qualified to make these these decisions for that, people. That's true. All right, so um, what's been going on with you lately? I got my hard drive in. Congratulations. I'm so, so happy for you. Yeah, I can have more than like two games on my PlayStation. Because Call so, of Duty took up like a thousand percent of it. Yeah, it took up the... Last I saw, it was up to 185 gigabytes God. out of like 408, which is obnoxious for one game to take. So obnoxious. Like you would think it was like a Skyrim level thing. I love Skyrim. But like with way higher textures and stuff. So yeah, anyway, that's, I guess that's, is that the nerdiest thing I've been doing? Maybe. Is it? Let's hope so. Okay. I. Uh, it's the newest nerdy thing I've done, okay, I guess. that's fair. Yeah. I have done absolutely nothing new. <laughs> Excellent. I have gone to work and come home. <laughs> and? And worked extra yeah. and come home. And worked on this and not gotten enough sleep. Well. Per the usual. One day you'll get that sleep back. And today is that day I slept in, and it was incredible. No, I'm proud of you. Thanks. I feel like the dark circles under my eyes are already like healing <laughs> up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I didn't sleep very well a couple nights ago, I guess. Why? Ah. Uh, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It yeah. just happens. Well, apparently it stormed last night pretty hard. I had no idea. None. Zero. So, so basically, you were in a deep sleep. I must have been, and it was just phenomenal. Gosh, I I love sleep. Top two favorite hobbies: going to bed and napping. <laughs> yeah, it's when you get a really good sleep, it's it's hard to beat that. I know it's so nice. Like I remember one time when I was working real hard. It's, it's obviously been a long time. Mm. I won't go because I'm lazy. Um, <laughs> there was one time I was like having the hardest time sleeping for a while and just like insomnia or whatever. Uh-huh. And then one day I fell asleep and slept for 16 hours straight. 16 hours straight? And I felt so good. That's a, that's insane. Yeah. And it was awesome. Oh my gosh. I was a new man. I have never, I never have I ever slept that long before. It was pretty wild. I, I mean, you can't do it very often. <laughs> you woke up and you're like, what year is it? <laughs> I was like, is it? Is it today or tomorrow? What's happening? This is the, wow. What time did you wake up? Uh, I don't remember. Was it in the morning or in the afternoon? I think it would have been the afternoon. Cause you slept like. From the night, all through. It, it is yeah. windy outside. Can you hear it whistling? Yeah. I don't know if that's picking up. It's, let's it, hope not. It's, it's very fine. it's very windy and whistly. If it is, it's it's probably not that bad. Okay. But, anyway. Yeah. 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 
okay. It's. Uh, I'm trying to think if there is anything going on. There's not much going on because you know everybody's locked down still. Well, it's starting much. to kind of trickle reopen, which we'll see if this was a terrible idea or not. <laughs> yeah. Um. It certainly wasn't motivated by, um, the safety of the people. But, oh no, you no, know. no, definitely, definitely money. Yeah, money, always money. But not money for the people who. Oh um, no, 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 money for the rich people. Yeah, without a doubt, the ones who wouldn't have to deal with it. Oh well. Anyway, so before we get started on uh, this week's episode, there is something that I want to talk about, and you and I have discussed this, and I think a lot of people have discussed this, and it's kind of a hot thing, hot, hot. Uh, topic right now but I think it's an important one um and this you know many similar cases well I don't know this is kind of a new a new case uh it's a very it feels very old-timey in a way very it I would I would very I would liken it to um lynching yes which you're not the first person to say that for sure really yeah it's it's been said oh well there you go uh, so that, of course, we were talking about the case of Ahmad Arbery, um, who was shot dead in Brunswick, Georgia, right after 1 p.m. on February 23rd. So this is not recent. This was a few months ago. Yeah, it's taken a little while. To heat up, which is crazy because th- the story is awful. Um, so the story goes, Arbery, he was jogging in Satilla, Satilla Shores area, uh, just going for a run. When he was chased down by two white men, Gregory and Travis McMichael, who believed he was a burglary suspect, uh, somebody caught a video, uh, a cell phone video, and it was circulated across social media earlier this week on Tuesday. And it shows uh, Arbery, he was trying to get around these men. They were in a truck and he was trying to get around them. And then three shots were fired. The video is awful. It is awful to watch. It was horrendous. And it made me feel sick watching it so georgia prosecutor tom durden he announced that he wanted a grand jury to determine whether charges should be brought against these two men uh arbery's family lawyer permitted this video to be released and he said this is murder and it 100 percent absolutely was and is yes oh just a heads up they did they did arrest them finally yes that was yesterday yesterday evening which is uh may 7th was that right yeah, yes. May 7th, that evening. And so that's the the actual controversy, like, it entered the national consciousness, like, a couple, like, a day or two before that, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, around Tuesday-ish. Yeah. Yeah. So. And uh, McMichaels, uh, he told police, that was one of the two suspects, told police that Arbery attacked Travis when they tried to talk to him. And I'm pretty sure when you're pointing a shotgun at somebody, uh, I would be a little bit heated as well. If that happened at all. And well, and also in the video, you can see it doesn't really. Yeah. That well, doesn't track with what. Well, when it comes up to the video, it starts with they are the men. One of them is on the street. One of them is in the back of the truck. And whoever, somebody has a shotgun straight at Arbery. I don't know who's who, which, which McMichael's who, but straight at him. And it was, I mean, I would be freaking out too who would not be it's not attacking to be trying to defend yourself against a shotgun up in your face yeah and the the thing is they didn't even like see him do anything yeah he was literally going for a jog yeah they they called 911 beforehand too and we're like hey there's this guy and the operator is basically like 
what did what, he do? What did they do? Did they do anything? What are they doing? Yeah, he, he. I think he said it. Said I need to know what he did. Like, yeah. they're like, I don't care what you're saying. What crime has he committed? What did this man do? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. That that's that's what it was. Nothing. Yeah. So after the McMichael told police that Arbery attacked Travis, whatever. That's when Travis fired his weapon twice and it killed Arbery on the spot. And unfortunately, the video that I watched actually showed this. And it was like, I started crying. Like, it was awful to witness that. Like, it was awful. So, um, yeah, I haven't watched the uncut video don't, like don't, that. I don't plan to. Don't. I saw the one I saw basically he, that he goes tra- up until like right as the shot's going to happen and then it goes black. I can't imagine being his family and having to watch that. Arbery's family. I, I think they've both said his parents uh, both said that they're it. not going to watch it. That's and good. I, I mean, I don't, I don't blame I wouldn't. Him. I mean, he tries to, the shots are fired. I think there was three shots. He tries to, it's like a shotgun. Like it's not a pistol. It's a shotgun point blank and he try into i think his abdomen area and he tries to run away and he just collapses face first and i was like me all i could think of was like i need to do cpr we we, we need to do cpr on him he needs to like he could at that point i don't think he could have been safe but i was just like what are you what are you doing what 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 is what is i got very heated and very upset watching that so at this point the when this article that I'm reading was written, it um, they haven't been arrested, but again, they were arrested yesterday, which I, I'm very, I don't know how they weren't arrested before now. Maybe they had to collect, maybe they had to get a bunch of evidence together, you know, and get the full story. And I get it. It takes time, unfortunately, with our, with our legal system, but I feel like it's pretty cut and dry. There's a video of these men murdering this guy. He literally was just in like a t-shirt and shorts and Looked like he was going for a jog because guess what? He was. Yeah. And that was like apparently a common thing he did too. Yeah. He was like, and he was like a good guy. He's a good looking guy. Normal dude. Yeah. And do we know where like the video came from? No, I I don't. And it's a, uh, you you probably it's from the dash of somebody that pulled up on the scene. So I don't know. I don't think it's a police dash cam, but it's like a cell phone video or something i don't i really don't know hmm. i guess the real question is also like i assume the police must have had that i, I think they got a hold of it yeah yeah it'd be nice if like stuff like this where um, where like certain police um precincts or whatever mm-hmm. they have to be like shamed into doing their job it's it's very unfortunate and maybe you know we don't know the whole story maybe they were doing the job and they were looking into it and wanted to do justice and maybe i i feel like it shouldn't have taken this long but again i'm not a police officer i don't know but the fact that when everybody else found out they're like oh yeah maybe we should arrest them and got on it but like right that should have been priority before the video went out and maybe they're just saying we have to cover all of our bases it takes time. We have to investigate everything because you can't just be like, because it's basically these two guys' words, which of course they're corroborating against, well, I mean, the cell phone video showed it, but we don't know what happened before that. But still, I mean, it's pretty cut and dry. These men should have been held because clearly they killed this man. Right. But I mean, I guess for a a, a conviction or whatever, probably takes a little time. I don't know. I'm not a Maybe. lawyer. I'm not a police officer. Either way, I'm 
very glad that action was taken. It should have taken this long, I feel like, but I'm very glad it finally was taken. Yeah, and I don't if I recall, I believe the ones who arrested him was the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. So it wasn't even like the local police. It's like FBI. I guess, but for Georgia only. Georgia. The Georgia branch. Well, I don't think it's like. Oh, okay. I think it's just Georgia. Okay, I see. Okay, I'm picking up what you're putting down. It's the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. I got you now. It's not federal. It's state. Right. Okay, cool. It's just, it wasn't the local town. Gotcha. Well, which is. Mm, mm, I'm not going to say anything bad about anybody. There. I mean, with that one, you could possibly be like, well, maybe we need to bring somebody else in because um, yeah. one of them was a former police officer That's and tied correct. to the DA. Yes. And like the DA like was like recused himself from the case because right. of that. And and that, see, and that, something like that may take, may have taken time. And I mean, unfortunately, you just have to go through all the, the loopholes and maybe it was coming. It just wasn't coming fast enough. And now it has flown swiftly. Yeah. I which is fine, but I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just playing devil's advocate. You know, I try to be, I try to see all sides of things, but this, what I'm seeing from this is an innocent man was killed and we need to, something needs to be done, you know? Yeah. And hopefully maybe they would have done something, but you know, it's been a couple of months. Yeah. It makes you think that nothing would was going to really happen. I'm glad his parents, uh, we're I'm this isn't I don't mean that this is kind of a bad thing to say but I'm I'm glad that video was taken you know because it kind of shows clearly this was an unarmed man who was just going about his business innocently and like it's evidence it's 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 like primary evidence you know it's like it's not just these two dudes words against a man who's dead and can't speak for himself it's like clearly these are the events that happened right so but Anyway, okay. I just wanted we had to talk about that. Yeah, I used to live in Georgia. Uh, but then you got out. Good thing, all the way to Arkansas. Hey, where nothing bad has ever happened. Welcome to our podcast about <laughs> murders in Arkansas. Welcome to our podcast where we talk about rainbows and butterflies, and nothing bad ever happens here. But that's a lie. Just like most things, Caitlin says. Not true. <laughs> There's a lot of meth here. A lot of meth. That might be true. A lot of meth. A lot of, uh, yeah, pretty much a lot of meth. That make that that breaks it down. Yeah. Little Rock's usually in like gang territory. Little Rock, Pine Bluff, West Memphis are usually in lists of most dangerous cities in America, depending on what the population restrictions are on that list. But I like. I don't. Not a big fan of West Memphis. Not not a huge fan. Not a big fan of Pine Bluff. But I like Little Rock. The worst part about West Memphis is like. You hear it and you think it's going to be like, sort of like how Little Rock and North Little Rock are. Yeah. But there's actually like kind of a gap between, like there's, there's not a river. like, yeah, uh, well, big, bigger river, but it's not like Little Rock, you have downtown Little Rock, then across the river, downtown North Little Rock. Yeah. Whereas Memphis, it's downtown Memphis, Mississippi River, nothing. Gross. It's like, it's like. Truck stops. Well, it's, it's like grassland even. Yeah, that's true. But they probably can't build anything in there because that area is a bad flood area probably but that's just another reason why you know i like little rock and north little rock yeah Yeah. i was was talking about west memphis i know but i'm I'm saying like it's not important anyway yeah i like memphis yeah but that's in tennessee it is so 
So we can't talk about it. We have it. to edit all of this out Yeah, now. so we can't talk about Tennessee at all, period. That's right. No other states, except Georgia, because I used to live Apparently. there. Apparently. Maybe we can talk about states we've lived in. Okay. Great. Okay. So the Florida, Georgia, Arkansas, done. Well, and I lived in Tennessee for a few months there. I don't think that counts. Yeah, it does. Let's count permanent residency, I feel like. I don't think that was a permanent residence. It was temporarily permanent. Exactly. It was not. <laughs> You, 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 it was basically like saying, I don't know, if you went on like, uh, went to Disney World or something. Yeah. Well, I was, stayed but, for like a few weeks. Well, I was there for a few months. I was in Memphis for a few months. It's not, it's not. I got to know and love that city. We don't count that. I count it. It does not count. Boy, if we included towns and, or states that we've been a part of to talk about murders, we gonna have a lot <laughs> if we, if we include Tennessee in there. Well, and also even Georgia and Florida. Yeah. Oh, Florida. Wow. Yeah. Unlimited. Unlimited sources there. Plus, you got like several major cities. You got Jacksonville, Tampa, Orlando, Miami. Like, you've got these large cities. And even uh, like serial killers that hit like Jacksonville and Gainesville. Exactly. Gainesville Ripper. And then I think it was uh, Ted Bundy was in Jacksonville, I think. That might be right. But yeah. I think so. I said Jacksonville. Oh, did you? I I didn't hear that. Jacksonville, Tampa, Orlando, Miami. Gainesville. Didn't say Gainesville. I don't think Gainesville. Gainesville counts. Ripper. Gainesville Ripper. Look it up. It's messed up. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. okay. Calm down. Okay. Stop yelling. I will calm down and we can get started on our case. How about All that? Right. So this week we are going to be talking about, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Julie Heath. Uh, she just as in the, the rest of these, she unfortunately was a murder victim and uh, we're going to talk about her story and we're going to talk a little bit about her, um, her killer. There's some interesting information about him. Um, so let's get into it. All right. Julie Heath. Julie Heath was an 18 year old cheerleader from Malvern, Arkansas. Just normal chick. She um, was very determined. She was very driven. She saved up her money and she bought her own first car. It was an older car. And it was either a 57 Mustang or Camaro. Yes. I uh, I saw it referred to as either or in different or- articles. Gotcha. So there's a PBS article. We're going to get some of this information from. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that one, they say uh, 57 Mustang. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, uh, there's like a police officer who said it was a Camaro. So I don't know which one it actually was. Gotcha. But it was like an, an old, old, cool, old black cool car. Cool car. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she and her dad restored it together. So, I mean, she's clearly just like a, I mean, cheerleader. She's probably popular, well-liked, but also she's not afraid to get her hands dirty. She's, she's going to work. She worked two jobs. Uh, she was a hard worker. She wanted to become a police officer. Um, so good kid all the way around. I say kid, 18 is technically adult, but it's so young. It's, it's very young. It's so young. I mean, I have no idea what I wanted at 18. That was... I'm 30 and I don't know. <laughs> that was 12 years ago. Don't remind me. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Okay, so October 11th, 1993. This is the setting of our story. She left for Hot Springs to see her boyfriend. And that was probably what? Malvern and Hot Springs are probably how far apart? Uh, it's not super far apart. Hot Springs is the nearest like kind of big, big town. Big city, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not that big. But right. I bet. 
not to sidetrack too much, but I bet there's some good stuff from Hot Springs because it used to be a hotbed for mafia. Uh, yeah, yeah, organized crime. That'd be cool. I do. I love Hot Springs. And Have like, you ever been there? Yeah. Have you spent time there? Yes. It's amazing. And like, also like baseball teams used to do spring training there oh, instead really? of like Arizona and Florida. Who knew? I didn't. I did. You did. Me. I it didn't. was me. It was not me. You knew. Okay. So um, she left uh, October 11th, 93. She left for Hot Springs to go visit her boyfriend. Um, but she doesn't make it there. Uh, her boyfriend never sees her. So um, that she disappears that day. Uh, after a few days of searching, Julie's car is found and it had been abandoned on the highway between Malvern and Hot Springs. And... Then on October 18th, a hunter is scouting the woods, which I guess is a thing hunters do. Probably just maybe looking for a place to hunt or... Yeah, like, I think they're like, go out. I know, I, I know, I know so nothing. little. I'm I know from nothing. the one true city of Arkansas, Little Rock, so I don't know anything about this. I am from deep south and I know nothing about hunting. You're barely from there. I'm from Florida and Georgia. Florida doesn't count and Georgia has Tell that cities. to my redneck family. <laughs> All right. Okay, that's true. Yeah, okay. And thanks. also, I get some of Florida is redneck, some of it's not. It's Well, I mean, there are bigger cities in Florida. There yeah. are bigger cities in Georgia yeah. than there are in Arkansas. But there's also where we're from. some really, really, really deep south places there, too. Sure. Anyway. Okay. But yeah, I don't I don't know what scouting Me exactly neither. is, but I assume it's just like checking it out, being like... Looking for a good looking, place. To maybe hunt. looking for like... A place to set up your stand or something? Looking for evidence of bucks coming through. I don't know. Droppings? Rubbings? Yeah, maybe. Cool. I don't know. All right. But, um, uh, so this is a week after she disappeared. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's been seven days. Uh, they've been looking for her. And uh, this hunter finds a body out in the woods that turns out to be Julie. Hmm. And they find that she has a knife wound to her neck. Or some kind of wound to her neck. Yeah. Which we'll get to. It's, it is a wound that looks... A piercing like, wound. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Okay. That's the way they call it. There you go. Uh, they could tell that she had not been murdered there, though. She had actually been placed there right. after the fact. And it appeared to be a possible sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Um, her shirt was inside out and had a tear on the sleeve. And then her belt buckle was partially unfastened and the zipper was only like halfway up. Mm-hmm. And her socks and panties were both were also on inside out, and her bra had been pulled up kind of around her neck and shoulder area. Didn't even try. And so, police begin investigating. And they have they have basically no leads. Yeah. Like they they have they have no witnesses at no. the time or yeah. anything. So it's just just a mystery, and they're getting really frustrated with the whole thing. Obviously. Because they spent all this time trying to find her, then it didn't right, yeah. work out. And now, a couple days later, a pastor from Hot Springs comes forward to the police. This is on October 20th. This is October 20th. Yeah. And he says that a man named Eric Nance had talked to him back on October 13th. That's two days after she disappeared. Right. Be- and, uh, and also before her body had been found. Five days before she was found. Right. And he says that this pastor says that Nance had told him that he was worried he would be charged with murder and kidnapping for some reason. That's not a common fear that I have, to be honest. No, like anytime I've ever talked to like a priest or a pastor or whatever and talked about my like my worries, never has it been like, I'm just worried like the police are going to come and get me. 
I'm just really, really worried. I swear I haven't done anything wrong. I, d- I don't know why. This is so random. I'm just so worried that I'm going to be arrested. Like, you know that armed robbery that happened recently where, like, those guys took over that bank and took all that money? I'm just worried, like, maybe they they'll come that. after me. Maybe they'll think it's me. But I, do, I For some reason, I, for though. For some reason. Yeah. Also, I'm not scared of the police because I'm white, which is sad. Oh, but anyway. A white man. Yeah. Well, probably white. I don't know. I have the white. I'm moderately advantage. scared of the police. Yeah, well, in the sense that, like, anytime I <laughs> remember that time that that we were driving in a car. What was it? New Year's, maybe? Yes. And I was intoxicated. Yes. You were not. I was driving. You were driving. Just for just for just, clarification. Just to, yeah. <laughs> and then we got pulled over for speeding. Well, I don't even think you were speeding. I though. was speeding. I I've sped on that road a thousand times Did and you? been pulled over at least like four times. And then, so you were, okay, you were speeding, and then, I didn't think you were, but then... The limit's too low. It's Caraway in Jonesboro. Yeah. Fix it. Yeah, I agree. Also make it so it doesn't flood every time it rains a little bit. That's where true. you have to kayak instead of drive. That's pretty miserable. Yeah, and the police pulled us over, and you were, you're very cordial, you're very nice, and he was like, he wanted to do a sobriety, a sobriety test on you. Yes, and he did. And you got out, and okay. I got out too, and I was like, this has bull. Like, yeah, you were like, I was a little irate staring him down. I had my arms crossed and was looking at him. And he's like, you need to tell her to get back in the vehicle. And yeah. I was like, I was like, like come at doing? me. I was like, come at me. I, I was a little, I think I was a little angry for you because I was like, you're not intoxicated whatsoever. And he made you do a sobriety test. Yeah. And it was fine. But you weren't even remo- remotely in talk. Like you were totally sober. Yeah. But because of you, it smelled super boozy. In I there. was very, I was intoxicated. So that but, was fun. Anyway. Yeah. That, so it's, it's strange that. It's, it's good to have a moderate fear of police and not yeah, be a jerk like I like, was. Uh, anytime I see a police officer, I'm like, good, I good hope day, I'm officer. driving right. Good day, officer. Well, I'm just like, if, I, if I'm driving, I'm like. I hope I'm not driving illegally somehow yeah. in a way that I don't realize. There's always a cop that sits right outside my road over here. And I'm always, I'm always on my P's and Q's going yeah. down that road. Cause they're literally always sitting out there. Anyways, continue. So anyway, yeah, he, he, he says he's worried about being charged with murder and kidnapping for no apparent reason. As one does. And police ask where they can find him uh-huh. and the pastor says, oh, he uh, he checked himself into the state mental hospital. Great. For no reason. No reason I mean, at all. Yeah. You know. So police are going to start looking into this guy. Because mm-hmm. that's a, it's pretty suspicious and weird. Incredibly. And the night that uh, Julie Heath had disappeared, Nance had vehicle travel, troubles and called his brother to come pick him up. And the location in which Nance's vehicle was was within about 100 yards of where Julie Heath's body had been found later. But no correlation. I'm not... (laughs) Just for some reason, they might want to arrest me for kidnapping and murder. Right. And he had called, because this is before cell phones were ubiquitous. Mm -hmm. This is like... I think they exist. It's 93. They had had the big old bag phones and like... The Zach Morris phone. I don't know what that... I mean, uh, I, know, I know who Zach Morris is, but I don't know. I don't know what his phone looks like. Shout out like. to all people out there who know what I'm talking about. It's Get safe by the bell. I know what it is, but. but you don't know the giant phone he had? My mom had a giant phone. It was in the, it, it wasn't, it was okay. only was in the car. A car car yeah. phones. That was the thing too. It was only, it could only stay in the car. It had a cord on it and had, her car had a huge antenna on it. And like, it, I mean, it was, it was like a bag. It was like in a bag. Yeah. It was like, pot. okay. Exactly. Oh, okay, cool. It's kind of like that, what I'm talking about, the Zach Morse phone. Gotcha. Okay. But um, 
Yeah, so he called from a local mini mart because, again, you gotta gotta get a phone where you can. Yeah, and when he was at the mini mart, a witness said that Eric Nance was barefoot, with no shirt on, wearing wearing overalls, most hillbilly thing I ever heard in my life, (laughs) and he had but he had dark damp stains on those overalls. But for some reason, I'm just a little worried the police are gonna arrest me for kidnapping and murder. But I don't know why. So police, uh, they look into his truck and they find pubic hair that was microscopically similar to Heath's Hmm. and which talking about that now, I've heard a bunch of stories that hair comparisons and even like, um, blood spatter are, are very, it's not concrete evidence anymore. It's very circumstantial. Yeah. 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 So, so like Dexter is nonsense. Well, because like that show, he's he's, he's like, a blood splatter. I know, expert. I know blood splatter. Yeah, probably I probably know it because of all the murdering I did. That's right. Spoiler alert. And also, then everybody hated that ending. I guess I never watched it. Okay, continue. It. That's just but, an interesting thing. Hair and blood splatter. Yeah, and so he's he's cornered now. So he's got one of his uh, wacky accident stories that everybody has for these <sighs> situations. His, his is maybe the dumbest. I think it's the dumbest. It's the least believable of all the dumb things we've ever heard. Very much so. So he basically claims that he came across Julie with her car had broken down on the side of the road and he offers her a ride. And during this drive, Julie sees his utility knife and freaks out for some reason. And starts like kicking at him. He wasn't like saying like he wasn't even holding it. It was just sitting right. there. It's not like he was like, his story wasn't, I was check out this up. knife. Yeah. And then I opened it. And then she started freaking out after I said I was going to kill her with it. No, his story is like, I, it, it was just there. Just like, sitting there. In and my she started pocket freaking or whatever. out for no reason. And yeah, this is Malvern 1993. There's no way like every person she knew didn't carry a utility knife on them at all times. That's so true. Like I've, I've met country people. They always have a knife on them. My dad does. Exactly. My dad's kind of a country person, though. So. Exactly. Anyway. So she starts kicking at him in this ridiculous story that's obviously not true. Right. And in the struggle, Nance somehow accidentally oopsie-daisied the knife into Julie's throat. As one does. Like, the knife was... He, for some reason, decided to grab the knife. Yeah. And also, it was open for no reason. Yeah. And just accidentally ended up in her neck. Yeah, of course. And killed her. But... But I'm really worried that I'm going to be arrested for kidnapping and murder for like, no reason. I mean, it is no reason, obviously. Clearly. It, he oopsie daisied it into her it just, neck it, for some reason. That's like, a, I was talking to you about this yesterday, the, the movie musical Chicago. They're doing a musical number and one of the chicks in it said, he ran into my knife. He ran into my knife 10 times. And it's like, oops, he ran yeah. into it. Like, no. But this is no this is that level of like it makes Ridiculous. no sense exactly yeah and his siblings they that that's the story he told them as well yeah so they they recounted that in court he never actually testified in court yeah so they were the ones who like said put that uh, out there yeah they were like this is the story that totally this, happened this is what he told us yeah I, I wonder if they believe that what do you think surely not i hope not i mean yeah there, there's no way they could believe that because that doesn't make any sense at all agreed. in any, any way shape or form agreed so trial comes and Nance is going to be convicted probably pretty easily of I felony so. murder. Yeah. And he's going to be sentenced to death. Good. And part of the reason he's going to get death is because 
for one, it's a horrible thing he did. And also, he kind of, he has a rap sheet. Mm-hmm. So just five months before Julie's murder, he actually got released early from a sentence uh, where he had been sentenced for 20 years for beating two girls in Oklahoma in 1982. What a piece of crap. So he got, he got released for early from that sentence. And after the trial, he appeals. Of course. Which, you know. It would on- they automatically appeal um, if you the death penalty. Yes, it's an yes. automatic appeal. Though I think it, um, I can't remember. I, I can't remember if the death penalty part. If it's like it automatically appeals the death penalty sentence. Yes, or if it's the whole, the case. whole case. I can't remember now. Hey, you'll have to ask your connection. He probably knows. Maybe I just remember one of the cases we did. Um, I think it was Ruiz and Denton. Maybe there was a part where one of them. I can't remember who it was now, but there was a part where. During their appeals, the um, they kept appealing and appealing. And at some point, it was like, okay, you're guilty as part of this appeal, but you still get to appeal the death sentence part, but only that part. Maybe it's kind of a two, like a twofer. Like Maybe. appeal the conviction and appeal the, the sentencing of it. So during the appeals process, and I read through like the whole like... Yeah, it's uh, a lot. It's confusing. Thing. Yeah. It's, but mostly it's the legal thing. What's important to read from it is it's like, here's his whole story. And then there's a bunch of legalese about why it's Uh dumb or whatever. I read that one too. So he claims that he and Julie were actually in a relationship. Lies. Which seems like nonsense. And he was at the Walmart where you go to hear your rumors, get your hot goss. (laughs) Hey, it is. It is uh, Malvern. That might be true. Maybe. And hear a rumor that Julie had HIV. Which is so stupid okay yeah and then he, so he he hears this ridiculous rumor mm-hmm. or at least he claims he hears this ridiculous rumor but he definitely didn't right and he confronts her over the claim and they're in his truck things get heated there's a physical altercation and then he accidentally breaks her neck but but wait andrew that's not that's not how she died yeah she she didn't even die from a broken neck or have a broken neck she died from the knife going into her neck so wait a knife wound so how did but but i'm so confused andrew explain this to me uh it was a lie oh obviously okay, okay. and that that gets thrown out it's kind of fun reading the um legal thing because they're sort like of. you're full of crap because there's so many parts where it's like it's like legalese but it's like saying why didn't he bring up this story before there's no reason he couldn't have brought it up before so i'm just gonna throw this out good <laughs> like no that's stupid yeah, it's it's interesting to see lawyers basically say this is the dumbest garbage I've ever read, <laughs> but they have to say it in nice D- legal way. Yes, yes, it's kind of kind of interesting. Yes. Um. Okay. So he's convicted. So he tried to appeal his death sentence by claiming that he was mentally handicapped, um, like slow. Um. This was also denied. Nance, <laughs> because Nance had gained his high school, like he got his GED while he was in prison. And at the time of the murder, he held a steady job. So clearly you're capable. And also, you know the difference between right and wrong. Correct. Though I think the main, um, yeah, he was appealing the death sentence. So the main crux of this isn't necessarily to get out of prison. It's just to not be put to death. Yes, because it is illegal to put to death mm -hmm. the mentally handicapped. And so that's kind of the crux of that. Rather than like knowing right or wrong, it's more of a like, I'm too dumb to be murdered. Back. That's not okay he tried he tried dumb it, it worked for uh that one guy yeah that's true that one case we did yep so which one was that um 
Lisa Renee, one of her murderers. Oh, that's right. That's right. But he was like. It sounds like he may have been. Yeah. Yeah. A lower IQ. Um, Okay. Uh, So while Nance was in prison uh, on death row, he wrote a lot of poems, which is another reason why you're, you're capable. So interesting this is this is actually how i found out about this this story so while he was in prison he wrote these poems so in 1995 nance began a decade-long correspondence with an irish tenor named james nelson who was um james nelson was very very critical of the death penalty uh through their friendship nelson realized that quote eric's only means of escape from his hell's purgatory was through his letters his memories and his dreams uh, and with fellow members of the popular Irish group, the Celtic Tenors, Nelson set one of Nance's poems to music entitled the track Eric's Song. And they released the song uh, a while later um, on their album, Remember Me. And I'm just going to read this poem to you. Um, it's a little bit annoying. Um, it's, it makes It's pretty good if you don't know who wrote it. it yes. Actually. Yes. Okay. So we, Andrew and I tried and tried and tried and search and search to find this piece of music to play you a snippet of it. We cannot find it. And this is our theory that the they're, Celtic tenors are a little embarrassed that they wrote music of a guy who raped and murdered and beat women. Yeah, so, I, wa- I, I want to say real quick, because we couldn't find it streaming. There, we could have bought a CD, I guess, but that wouldn't get here in time. And also, our computers don't have CDs that's true. drives on them anymore. Only my car. That's literally <laughs> the only... My car has a CD player. But, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. What was I saying? Wait, the, you want to say... Streaming thing. Oh, yeah, yes. Okay. The only... The closest I got was there's a song. So the album's called Remember Me. Uh-huh. And I found... I was trying to find it streaming anywhere. Yeah. And the closest I got was a YouTube video where it's the song Remember Me, which is from the same album as Eric's song. Yeah. And there's only one comment, and it's basically somebody saying, you're horrible people for making that song by Eric. Yes. And, <laughs> and they posted the Wikipedia article. Yeah, they, they copy and pasted the entire Wikipedia article into their comment to be like, this is what you've done. So, I I mean, I love, I, I am very much into Irish music, Celtic music, and I love, the, I've actually seen the Celtic tenors live. <laughs> Uh, at it was actually at the convocation center ASU, and they were with Celtic woman. I saw River Dance there once as I a child. I love that stuff. See, I'm really into that stuff. So uh, when I found this out, I was like, "What?" I had no idea they had such a connection to Arkansas and this awful thing because I love the Celtic tenors. Okay, so this is uh, the poem. These are the lyrics of Eric's song, and it's again a poem that Eric Nance, a convicted rapist and murderer, wrote. Okay. He said, I question life and wonder why I often wish that I could try to end the ache and hurt and pain peace from within. I can't regain at night. I fly through pale blue skies past mountains painted green. If I ever see the streets again, I'll remember where I've been. The tears hide inside my eyes, begging to come alive outside. The anger screams from deep within for things to be as they might have been. At night, I fly through the pale blue skies, past mountains painted green. If I ever see the streets again, I'll remember where I've been. And even though I may never, ever see my life the way it used to be, there has to be a better way than to live like this another day. Great poem. Uh, the person who wrote it is a monster. <laughs> yeah, it's a real uh, separate the art from the artist situation, but yes. also the artist informs the art. 
So like that's what annoys me mostly about it is because it sounds it reads like uh, pitiful me. That, like, I'm caged. I can't escape. Yeah. Great. Good. That that's where you should yeah, be. Like if I ever get to see the streets again or whatever, it's like no. I sure would like you not to though. Yeah. You, I I would like for you to not leave where you're at. It reads like. Um, poor pitiful me like a political prisoner like nelson mandela would have written this or something which is okay i could get behind that like if he had written it, it'd be like yeah beautiful apartheid is bad yes whereas this it's like going you, to prison for murder and rape is a good thing yes Please stay there yes exactly so i love the celtic tenors i'm a little bit i'm a little bit sad that they wrote that but i think the fact that we could not find it we couldn't find a youtube we literally scoured the internet for this like it's not on spotify it's not on apple music it's not on and it did have an apple music link but then when you clicked it it was just like hey download apple music and it's like whatever that was from like last fm or whatever yeah and and but i thought i saw a bunch of different i went to a bunch of different websites and saw the same link and it was like Hmm. yeah it's not on here anymore so i think they might be trying to scrub it out a little bit maybe i don't know but could not find it anywhere okay so on November 17th, 2005, the Arkansas Parole Board voted six to one to recommend that Nance be denied clemency. Uh, the one person uh, that was the withholding party, he, uh, they just wanted to give more time to see if Nance was actually mentally handicapped, which I get, but clearly he's not. The last time the Supreme Court delayed an execution in Arkansas was when Kurt Wainwright was executed, which we actually talked about in a previous episode. Uh, who? Which one was that? Uh, Ruiz and Denton, he was executed the same day as that's them. right. That's and right. He was the one that was like stalled, 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 they stalled. stalled and they like they had the needles in him for like 40 minutes yep. before they decided they were like it would be inhumane to pull him off of it. Yes. And then just stick him back on. Yeah. So there's like we'll just wait here. Um, so the execution was scheduled for 8 p.m. on November 28th, 2005. Family members of Julie Heath were in attendance to watch the execution through a closed circuit television, which we talked about in the Ruiz and Denton case, how they were not allowed to witness the execution. And we talked about how the rule was changed after that. And, and this so, is an example yep. of uh, that being taken advantage of now. Correct. So Julie's cousin, Belinda Kreitz said, quote, we want to make sure the devil dies. Good. Uh, for his last meal, Nance had uh, actually sounds pretty, uh, pretty heavy, but kind of good. Two bacon cheeseburgers, fries, two pints of chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream and two cans of coca-cola so at uh, 7 45 the execution was delayed until 8 30 so that u.s supreme court justice clarence thomas could have time to review yet another appeal uh, 8 29 it was delayed yet again and then at 905 the stay of execution was denied so at 9 24 nance was injected with the lethal cocktail and at 9.30, he was pronounced dead. So that was pretty quick. He had no final words. Yeah. And I, it, this seems like a common thing that happens where it's like up to the very last minute. Yeah, they like try to. Literally the last minute in one part where they said, you know, the sec they started, it was supposed to be at 8 and then they changed it to be 8.30 so they could review it. Mm-hmm. And then one minute before, they're like, we still need more time. Yep. So, I mean, I think people they're given their due diligence with this to try to review everything and make sure it's the right decision, which I get, but, and I actually saw where governor, who was it? BB? Uh, this would have been Huckabee. Huckabee. Yes. BB said something to Huckabee. Yeah. It was Huckabee. Yeah. He said, Huckabee was like, after a lot of prayer and and consideration, I've, I've decided this guy has to fry basically. Yeah. I think 
BB even like advised him to be like, just, just do it. Sit, like yeah, he, basically to let it go through. Yeah. So Belinda Kreitz, uh, again, that's uh, Julie's cousin. Belinda Kreitz said of his exec- execution, quote, what he went through tonight was painless compared to what he put Julie through, which is totally true. And she has a lot of quotes in the PBS article. I'll link on the show notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has, she has a lot of good quotes in there. Yeah, and she was she was heated. She was heated about this as as she should be. Understandably so. Very yeah. much so. Um. So anyway, most people just aren't as outspoken about it, though. You I, know. I I'm glad she was. Good for her. Yeah. So, uh, one thing we want to talk about is the collateral damage that comes from events like these. Yes. Um, because murder doesn't just affect the victim no there's they have family and friends who are also going to go through some stuff like there's a 2007 study that says six to ten family members and friends are deeply affected when somebody they know is murdered and that's just not like oh i went to school with them and we were in class together and it makes me sad no no this these are six to ten people that are thrown into deep depression deep depression it completely alters the course of their lives with yes without a doubt and uh, so Julie's mother, her name was Nancy Heath. She had a lot of trouble dealing with the loss of her daughter. Rightfully she so. She <laughs> stopped eating. Uh, she lost a lot of weight. They, I think uh, Belinda, she even says in uh, one of those articles that like it was like she was they were she it was like she was wasting away before the rise. Yeah. And so like after the trial, Nancy. Uh, became incoherent and was taken to the hospital where she was observed overnight. And that's like right after uh, the death sentence came down for Nance. Hmm. And she would tell people like she was headed to the store to get food, but uh, they would follow her sometimes and they would see that she was actually going out to Julie's grave. I'm like tearing up right now. It's very sad. I was tearing up right in this. So one time uh, they actually found her out there overdosed on pills and Belinda Kreitz had said that Nancy had attempted suicide at least four times. And then on Christmas Day, the year after Julie's murder, she successfully committed suicide. Holidays are so, so hard for people that have experienced a deep trauma like that and a loss. Um, and this is what this is what depression looks like. Deep, true, dark depression. And it's not... I mean, I can't imagine a mother losing their child so young, you know, and someone who is so hardworking, just senseless and so traumatic. But this is not, this is not even just, you know, an actual, this is grief from loss. And it can be, that can be a pet and it can be a parent. It can be a child. It can even be through um, a divorce. And, you know, if, when you, weren't expecting it you know and I know like we don't talk a lot about our personal lives but I did go through an awful awful divorce and I did I lost about 30 pounds and I because I just stopped eating I just I couldn't eat I couldn't drink I I just I didn't want to do anything but lay here and die what helped me and that everybody's different uh something that helped me was I immediately got a good therapist and she is amazing she has helped me so much I got a good therapist I talked about it we we worked through feelings I had got on medication um and medication isn't for everybody but it was for me because it helped it helped me a lot 
Um, and it's not necessarily long term, but it helps you in the short term to get through. Because I literally would sit there on, I would lay on the ground and say, I just want to die here. I, if I just stop eating, if I stop drinking, I can just die and be okay. And I can only imagine, I, I'd n- I've never lost a child and I, I hope I never do. But I know what Nancy was feeling as far as loss goes, where you just, you just don't want to exist anymore. So please, I know there was probably a lot more of a stigma back then about mental health. It's that stigma is being broken down now. Please seek help. If you have dark thoughts, which if you have dark thoughts, which I mean, I, I, I did, I had dark thoughts please reach out. Don't be by yourself. People love you. Again, like Andrew said, if something happens to you, six to 10 people will feel exactly how you're feeling at that point. (laughs) That deep, dark, where you just feel like there's, there's nothing, like there's nothing left for you. And there's no point. There, There is. Reach out, get help. And then Andrew, we've said this before, but Andrew has the, um, suicide hotline number here. And that's going to be 1-800-273-8255. So if, if you're having dark thoughts, reach out. They're there for you. Your family, your friends, they're there for you. Even your coworkers. They don't want to have to pick up your shifts. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was a bad joke. <laughs> that, was, that was real real dark. I'm just kidding. It was a joke. Just trying to lighten the moment. I feel you. I was there. Guys... Please, please, again, there's always, there's always hope, there's always hope, and it may not feel like it, because I was, I was there, where I, I was like, there's no, there's literally no point, there is no light, and I'm on the other side of it now, and it's, it's okay, it's okay, and you're gonna survive it, it's not gonna be easy, and it is an uphill, like, literally, there were days where brushing my teeth was all I could do, and then I just lay back down, it is literally, you are crawling through the mud on your stomach with chains attached to you. It is not an easy trudge, but you can you can get there with the help and the support. You can get there. Seek it out. It's there. And that's my soapbox. It's a good word. Thanks. So that is the story of Julie Heath and her awful, awful, awful murderer, Eric Nance. And one of my favorite one of my very favorite band wrote wrote a song that who who knew they didn't write it though well they but they put but it they to music did. yeah and it's i a very strange thing and he, like i get i get the idea of like being very yes. against the death penalty yeah. and all that but yeah. like clearly this guy was guilty don't, don't give a platform to a murderer no, still maybe. no and and Which i think when, a- when andrew read the lyrics before i didn't i was like oh yeah what did you think of it and he was like he's like uh, just screw off like yes i was wondering how you're gonna sanitize that yeah you're just like yeah, just, just shut up basically like no uh-uh and i i agree with that assessment yeah it was it was kind of bad it but was annoying yeah. yeah anyway okay so let's uh do a little palate cleanser well not really because we already know what we're going to talk about and it's the fact that andrew watched hereditary and we watched Midsummer yesterday, but I'd already watched it, but we watched it yesterday. Yeah. Um, so we need to talk about it. As soon as he texted me, he was like, Be, by the way, I'm watching Hereditary. And I was like, I need constant updates and for you to tell me everything you're thinking and feeling. Which I didn't do because I was too focused on the movie. Yes. It was, it's one where you want to 
focus or maybe you don't want to that in I, a way. I never want to again but yeah but then he called me he was like or he texted he's like wow i'm finished or something you're like and i was like and i immediately called him i was like we have to talk about this yeah um how are we gonna talk i so we're gonna I'm, talk about spoilers so if you haven't at seen some it, point how about what we yeah let's we'll just go all in on spoilers uh Fa- this is the last thing we're it. gonna do. Yeah, skip it. Push the skip button if you well, want to skip it. This is the last thing we're gonna do. So yeah, 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 yeah. If you don't want to hear spoilers, we're not, we're not gonna do anything else. We're yeah. gonna talk about Midsummer. And I mentioned to you that both of them, for whatever reason, kind of gave me the feel of The Witch, which was um, not directed by the same person. And it was two. I mean, they're all of them are different settings, but for some reason, it just gave me that that feeling of it was a slow burner. It's because they're all very atmospheric. Yeah, slow burns. And like really well shot, well made movies. Yeah, and they're like in your mind. They're yeah, not the, jump scares. They're like in your mind. Right. They're not. They're well, not like those garbage PG thirteen horror films that get put out for slasher, like, slasher flicks. Not even slasher because of PG thirteen. No. Like whatever they're called, like Conjuring. I think is like one of those. Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. It's like just like scary makeup. They do. I uh, they do the most annoying thing. Yeah. And because they're all jump scare based. Yeah. So it's like. Something happens and it has like a musical sting that's real loud. So it's like to really get you. Yep. So it's like unearned garbage. And so they do it all the time. And the one I hate the most, because you can guess with like 90% accuracy when mm-hmm. it's going to be this thing mm-hmm. that I'm going to complain about. Okay. Where it's a fake jump scare. So it's like a person's like in a room uh-huh. and then like they're looking at the door and the, the music is a little ominous, but it's quiet. And, mm-hmm. then, they, and then, and then, and then... And then somebody knocks at the door and it's yeah. like a jump scare. Uh, and it's like, it wasn't scary. No, it's not. You're just trying to mess around. Yeah. I don't care for it. Yeah. Don't, don't play with your food. Eat it. Yeah. Whereas like in say hereditary, uh, it felt earned when I was like nervous the whole time. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about midsummer first. Okay. Same kind of thing though, because it's such a slow burn. It's like, you're not expecting things. And then the first thing, the first crazy thing that happens, well, first they they start tripping shrooms or something and she starts seeing some things. And there was a small sort of, it wasn't even a jump scare. It was in her mind. So again, spoilers, we're going to talk fully about this. So her, um, her sister committed suicide and killed her parents in the act by her sister ran hoses up from attached it to the, turn the cars on, ran hoses up from the cars, ran one into her parents' bedroom and the other one she like taped to her face to like dive carbon monoxide poisoning or whatever. And so Danny, who's the main character girl of Midsummer, she like is like, she has like anxiety and depression anyway. And then this happens and she feels even worse and it's just really eating at her rightfully. So, well, and also like she mentions like her sister's bipolar, I think. And yes. Been, done some stuff before. Yeah. And- and she didn't believe her at first, but because her sister was like, "I'm gonna kill. I'm. I'm. This. I can't take it anymore. And I'm taking mom and dad with me." And texted her that, and she was like, "Worried." Anyway, so she kills herself. They all decide to go to her friends. Decide to take a trip to what, Sweden. 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 Um. And then they all trip shrooms. Once they get where they're going to go, they're going to this commune type thing where one of their friends grew up. And they start tripping and she sees, she goes into a bathroom and like turns on a light and she sees just, it's just like a blink of an eye. She sees her sister 
in the mirror and like in the background and it's it's and she has like the hose on her face it's trippy but happens really quick and then she starts hallucinating things moving and that is really kind of a theme throughout it because psychedelics are used at multiple points during that movie and so like it adds so much movement in the background and like it makes everything seem kind of surreal like is it really happening and that's kind of like where their mindset is I think and the first like crazy thing that happens besides that is when they're all eating dinner or lunch or whatever and then those the two older people that go up to the cliff top. Oh yeah. How'd you feel about that? I saw it coming. Yeah. I mean they Me and Florence Pugh. I told you this when I was watching, I was like, Me and Florence Pugh, we're the only people who are nervous here. <laughs> we know what we've seen movies and we know what's gonna happen. We know. Nobody else was there. Everybody else was like, What are we doing here? And she's like, I don't feel good about this. I think even like right before it happened, she's like, Is she, th- is she gonna jump off that cliff? Yeah. And I was like, That's what I said. That's what like, I said. You're like, Florence, I, I feel you. you. Yes. You and me we we're you get it. F- Florence Pugh is the actress that plays Danny. Yes. By the way. Um, so, yeah. And then these two old people. So, the point, it's like this commune where they're all about like life cycles. And like the first part of this age to this age is spring. This age to, it, to this age is um, summer. This age to this age is fall. And then this age to 72 is winter. And 72, they're like, what happens at 72? And they're like, you'll see. And at 72, you kill yourself. Jump off this cliff. And then the guy, so this, it's a, it's a dude and a lady. Lady goes first. Yep. She cursed splats. Um, and then the dude jumps off stupidly. He jumps off like you're like, like diving into water, like just like pinpoint feet first. And of course it shatters his legs and they all start screaming in unison because of his pain, like kind of like a hive mind type thing. Like your pain is my pain. And it was trippy and weird and then they came and they bashed his head in to kill him and i was like holy crap yeah they showed the mallet earlier and that was another Andrew part where i was like i was like oh, they're no. gonna smash somebody's head i've oh, seen no. movies something's gonna happen and then they're like these other people are like yeah we're gonna leave we're not gonna stay here anymore we don't like it here and uh then they go missing of course we know we know something's happened and then all this time danny's crappy boyfriend is like checking out this redheaded chick who she looks way too young she does look young how did you feel okay so they they believe in like the runes and the spells and and think you know nordic type stuff and so they uh one of their little spells to like Uh. cast a love spell yeah (laughs) andrew knows where this is going is to um you cast the love rune you put it underneath the person you loves or wants bed and then you trim your, um, this is graphic, you trim your pubic hair and you bake it in the food and you give it to the person you want. Oh, and then um, they also, this is graphic, graphic, graphic. You put a little um, menstrual blood in their drink and then they drink it. And I wanted to barf. Um, and Andrew was like, wait, is that, wait. And I was like, yup. <laughs> It was it was pretty grody. Yeah, not a fan of that. And that was uh, this chick was doing it to Danny's crappy boyfriend. Uh, yeah, he sucked. He super sucked. And the whole time I was like, God, he's just the worst. Anyways, people keep uh, the little their little group. People keep going missing until it's just down to Danny and Christian's her boyfriend. Anyway, there is that part when um, Josh or who's played by the Yosh. guy plays Cheedy. Yes, um, I love Cheedy. When they get him. I didn't realize this as I was watching it at first for some reason. What? When they smash him over the head with the mallet. Uh-huh. And he thought it was Mark, who is the douchebag 
Yeah, there's goofy a goofy friend. Yeah, there's a like, goofy friend like named Mark. The skin of his face on somebody else's yep. head. Body. Yeah. Yep. And they came in and were like, yeah, which comes into play later because then they, well, they anyway. So then they go and do some stuff and they have a dance and Danny is, is ends up being their May queen because it's the whole point of this is it's some kind of ritualistic festival that they do every 90 years. And uh, anyways, a bunch of sacrifices are being made. Um, so anyway sorry i had to drink um what else happens um christian bangs the girl who got her pants license and is kind of too young <laughs> that's looking. what that's a that's a quote they said they're like some long danish or swedish word that they say it's like she's basically been approved last year that she could she could basically start having sex and and then he said she got her pants license and i was like what <laughs> yeah I'm a big fan of that one yeah pants yeah the, the girl on there like she looks she's not i'm sure she is not she probably isn't but like i feel like they she has a very, young, a very yes per, yeah she has a very young she's very young looking yes so like conceivably you would think like she's 18 ish and they're all in like their mid-20s which is a little creepy a little a little too too much distance i feel like yeah for that age yeah but also she looks like she would be more like 16 or 14 yeah which makes it even worse and also you imagine these weird commune cult places are they're always weird about that yes and they all wear these like beautiful airy dresses and flowers in their hair and it's just very swedish and beautiful and anyway yeah so they're all tripping and tripping on whatever and and yeah danny's crowned the may queen and they're like you're gonna be a part of our family yay are you and you know she has nothing to go home to and anyways and all of her friends are going missing and then her crappy boyfriend uh christian he ends up having some kind of weird 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 like sexual um encounter uh no, ritual ritual yeah. and and the, the love spell worked I guess that's I guess. all it takes. The love spell worked because she got what she wanted. But also they were all taking like psychedelics. So it's like. Yeah, it was weird. But anyways, and so Danny catches him in the middle of that ritual and she's very upset. And then um, dude tries to. Oh, and there is like full nudity in here, like full man and woman. It was very disturbing. I was like, whoa, don't want to see that. Gross. And then they, uh, he, he, he. Christian runs into a barn to try to hide himself after he's like, holy crap, what have I done? This was really weird. And he runs out of the barn where everybody's at. And then he runs into a different barn and hanging up is one of the, one of their little friends from not the commune. And he's like, what is that called? Like a something Eagle. Uh, what? Like they, what they had done to him? Yeah. I have, I have no idea. I've never seen such a thing in my whole, whole life. It's called, it's like an old form. It's like a medieval form of torture. Like basically they like split his back open and right. like his lungs. They they splayed his ribs out. Yeah. And then his, they had his lung. He was still breathing. You can see his lungs moving, yeah. but they like pinned his lungs up. I guess they had taken out his eyes and replaced them with flowers. Which was weird. Yeah. Uh, It's called something, something eagle. I don't know. I can't remember. It's, it's a form of torture. Anyway, don't ask me why I know that. But um, anyways, yeah, they... uh. Yeah, then then he's like, Oh crap, what have I done? And then he gets um he gets subdued by some kind of other concoction that basically paralyzes him. He can still like hear and blink it. well, he can't even blink his eyes. He can see, he can hear, but he can't move at all. He can't speak at all. And they're like they bring forth 
Danny is crowned as the May Queen and they bring her forth and are like, hey, so basically nine people have to be sacrificed and uh, four of your friends sort of volunteered, not not on purpose, but they volunteered. And then we've got four of our people. We have two people that definitely volunteered and then actually there's only four people that vo- I don't understand. I think all four of them volunteered. Yeah. Them, two of them are already well, dead. Yeah, two of them are already dead, and the two of them were alive. The other two definitely volunteered. Yes, I don't know about the others. I don't know. I, did, I couldn't now. tell who they were. Yeah, I didn't recognize them. Anyway, and then, um, and then they're like their four friends, and it's like, okay, you get to pick the next one. It's either this person. They drew like a random name from the group. It's this person, or it's your boyfriend. And she is like, my my crappy boyfriend. Please, thank you. I will take crappy boyfriend for five hundred, Alex. Please, thank you. Um, so yeah, and basically they all burn in this, this little hut they set on fire and it's like all for the, and then like at first Danny's like sobbing and then, and then she, at the end of it, she's looking at the camera and she's smiling like, yeah, I'm cool with this. I'm home. Yeah, Ooh, the wind blowing sounds creepy. And I guess now she, cause she lost her old family. Now she has she, a new family. She's back. She has her new family now. She's been indoctrinated into yeah. the cult don't join a cult please please don't because weird things happen anyway so that's that okay now let's move on to hereditary all right okay i want you to talk about it uh hereditary is uh the one of the probably the scariest movie i've ever seen all R- time all my life really yeah okay because it is it is i'm, I'm gonna talk just how i generally feel about it before we talk about like how we feel about the the main plot points okay but it was a movie that i after i watched it i felt physically weakened and (laughs) mentally like i was like like my nerves were frayed Uh because of how like tense and nervous i was the whole time Uh uh-huh i think like this is again not one of those boring jump scare movies. Mm-mm. It's it, a psychological. It's very psychological and very scary, very horrifying in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I think it does a very good job with that. Yes. And I think the best thing it does is it's not super predictable. It gives you it put, pulls pushes and pulls you in different directions of what you think is going to happen or what could happen or what is happening. Did not, did not, I had no idea. It was so weird. There were like three things. So it was like, you know, is it, is this all in somebody's head? Yes. uh, Is this some other thing? Or is it it real? Like you don't know what's what in a way that I feel worked really well. Usually stuff like that, it's very obvious or it doesn't actually make any sense. Yeah. But they do a very good job with that. Um, all the acting is very good. Yes. And uh, for Midsummer too. That Tony, was good. Tony Collette is very good. That was Coletti. Is it Tony I think Collette? it's Collette. Oh, okay. Okay. You know, it's okay. just, I'm always right about these. Just yeah, like yeah, with yeah, Giff yeah. and Jiff. Okay. She is a very good actress. Very good. Especially in that movie. Yes. So it's, uh, it's very interesting. I think if you, I think it's worth watching if you actually want to be scared by oh, a movie. Oh my gosh. Totally terrified. If you want to watch just, if you don't want to be scared by a movie, then watch Wish Upon, I guess. And laugh. Laugh your tush off. Yes. Um, yeah. Hereditary. 
I will say, so it, it's a slow burner. And like Andrew said, it's like, I don't like what's going to happen. Who's, who's, who is, you almost feel like you're losing your mind because Tony Collette kind of like goes into madness and you feel like you're losing your mind with her. I feel like. Yeah. And it feels more real than uh-huh. most of those movies do. Uh-huh. Like it feels like it could almost happen. Could, almost sort of. Yeah. But the, okay. So the first part that freaked me out was. These are going to be spoilers, I assume now. Oh, yeah, These big are going time. To be spoilers. Big time. Uh, when they're driving in the car and, like, the mom makes the brother take the, the sister to the party. And she has a severe peanut allergy. And she, like, grabs some cake and eat it, eats it. And she starts having a reaction. And he, like, tries to hurry and drive her to the hospital. And she sticks her head out the window to get a, to get a breath of fresh air. And then her head gets smacked off by a pole. Yeah, I kind of saw that coming. I did not. Once, like the moment she stuck her head out the window, that was a that was very much a I've seen movies. I know what happens. Yeah, it's one of the few moments where I was like, uh, the kid's gonna die. <laughs> like they were setting her up early on to be like a real weirdo who big might big time weirdo. Yeah, like when you're like, what's going on with her? Um, which the answer is she's possessed by a demon, essentially. Yeah. Um, the Prince of Hell, in fact, Payman. Yeah, Payman. And which make when you think about it, like recontextualizes some of that stuff because like she seems really weird, but also like dumb in a way that's like suicidal. Yeah. Which makes sense later because Payman's deal is that he wants a male body to possess. And he was somehow in her or something. Because the grandma never got access to the son when he was young. So grandma is like a part of this like weird cult thing. Yeah, they call her Queen Lee. Which is weird. Um, and so the, the the brother's older than the sister. Oh my gosh, there is a bug crawling on the ground over there. What is that? I don't know. It doesn't look like a big deal. Don't worry about it. Uh, Just keep going. Okay, I'm going to keep going. Okay. Um, yeah, so the the mom, Tony Collette, makes sure that grandma never, she acted weird around her son. So she like never had alone time with her. Oh, this reminds me. What? Another thing that was recontextualized. What? When she's going to the support group, yep. uh, Tony Collette's character, yep. she talks about how her brother had committed suicide. And, you know, he was crazy or whatever. Oh, yeah. There's a thing that there's a thing she says that he said, which was that uh, the grandma, which would have been her mom, right. was trying to put people inside of him. Oh. Which is exactly what the grandma was definitely doing because that's what she was doing with trying to put payment into the girl and then inside the son yes grandson i guess inside grand grand, granddaughter then grandson and so the brother Uh, committed suicide to prevent that oh well but then so weird things happen tony the daughter dies tony collette starts losing her mind the dad is like what in the heck is going on here uh he ends up burning dies randomly that was weird uh the the weird one of the weirdest parts to me, I'm kind kind of confused. It's like almost like Tony Collette got possessed for a minute. Like I guess she had to have been the yes. way things play out because yes. there's like the way when she's on like basically on the ceiling. It's like Ooh, in that corner. Yeah, it's so like, it's like it's like unnatural. Yeah, so she like she does she meets this person in a support group, quote unquote. She doesn't meet her. It's all set up. You don't know that though, but this lady was actually a member of the culty thing 
and then pretends to be like somebody who lost somebody part of the support group and they kind of get to know each other and the lady's like i got in contact with my grandson through these spells and blah 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 she's like you have to try it and uh so tony collette tries it well what she actually did was like open a portal for the demon person to come in yes and then the husband like she tries to destroy something that she thinks is keeping uh i don't know what but it's the it's a book a journal yeah it's the journal that the daughter daughter, charlie had yeah before and then she tries to destroy it and then when she sets it on fire her sleeve catches on fire and she's like oh my gosh no and then she decides she decides the husband's like well i'll burn it and she's like no i have to do it and so she is right the the she gets the husband to agree to do it and then he's like this is all dumb oh yeah you're insane yeah Yeah. i'm not gonna enable you with this and then she takes the book from him throws it in the fire thinking that she's gonna catch on fire and then he sets ablaze completely burns up and then she freaks out and then it's a that's a a, an interestingly shot scene she like weirds out and is like freaks out and like is like have a this pain of look and agony and screaming on her face and then all of a sudden she like takes a breath in and it's she's very serene it's she's totally different so it's like that's when a possession happens i think yeah and then also when she um chases the sun up into the attic and there's that bit where she is like hanging oh god i know i was gonna banging her head into the attic door freaking awful that i was gonna get to that so like her son had like gotten possessed at school or something and freaked out broke his nose came home was resting he wakes up and he thinks he sees his little sister charlie in the corner and so I think he kind of does or something. I don't know. So he, he probably does. Yeah. Actually. And so he sits up and then I don't remember. I think her head rolls off or something like that. Remember that? Yeah, I think that's right. And then he sits up. He's like, oh my gosh. And he blinks and it's like, okay, it's gone. But then it shows him sitting in his bed. It kind of pans back and you can see up in the corner of his bedroom. And his freaking mom is hanging out there like a spider. And that's, la- that's later. No, this is the same. Sign the bedroom. It's, um. He goes downstairs. No, it happens it happens before that. You oh, didn't see it. I may, I guess not. You must have missed it because it's in his bedroom. She's up in the corner. Well, I forgot. I, I repressed it. You maybe. rightfully so. And so he's like, okay, well, I'm feeling weird. He doesn't ever turn around and see her. Well, you can see him kind of like getting up. Well, then Tony Collette like basically hop, comes down off of the off of the ceiling and in, in the air. It's like she's like running on all fours through the air sideways and like goes downstairs. And I was like, Oh, screw this movie. Uh uh-uh. uh. That's when it gets weird. And then he son goes downstairs and he's like looking around. He sees his dead dad all burnt up and up in the again it pans back. You see back behind him, up in another corner is his mom and she's hanging up in the corner. And then I don't remember what happened because I'm trying to repress it, but it was creepy. I think she came down to try to get him. I think there was like some other figure in there, wasn't there? In the living room part? And maybe remember. that's like what he sort of got distracted by when she, and that's how she gets out of there without being seen. I don't remember. I think, I feel like there was like one of the weird naked people was like in yeah, the background. Part, that sort was of. weird. Yeah. Well, then he runs up into the attic or something. His mom creepy chases him up there and she shuts it. And then, oh, it's so creepy. That part freaked me out so bad. She's like hanging upside down off the ceiling. Like she's hanging off the ceiling on all fours. It's like like you'd be on all fours on the ground, but it's on the ceiling. And she's like repeatedly, quickly, fast hitting her head super hard against the ceiling. It's yeah. like creepy fast. And yeah, I was that, like... That part was, I was like, what? I was like, oh my God. And then you kind of know this going up in there because it showed it before. But it goes up there and there was like, there's like a headless dead body 
uh, up there, or there was. I think it's gone at that point, and it was his grandma. You yeah, that? I think, uh, and he finds the like the symbols around like his picture with his eyes blurred out, like like slashed out, out or yeah. something. Yeah. Anyways, I don't remember how the daughter comes back into play, Charlie, but she's headless too, and then he starts hearing this noise. And then he's like, what is that? I think there's some naked people up there too. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't remember. He sees the naked people after the thing you're saying, I believe. Okay. Yeah. And then so he turns around and he looks up and his mom is just like hanging in midair, just like just hanging in midair. And she has some kind of like wire and she's like cutting back and forth across her neck and she's cutting her own head off. And I was like, what the yes. hell? And then that's when he sees the like, vision or something of like the these naked people and it's like the grandma and two other people i forget who i don't remember and that's when he jumps out the window to kill kills himself. himself yeah his spirit goes away but then you see another spirit come in yes and then he kind of wakes up and then he makes that noise oh gross and then he wakes up and then the freakiest part to me was it turned around and you could see the body floating. It was the, his mom's headless body floating out of the window and then up into the little tree stand thing. And I was like, I am over this movie. I am done. Do you remember that? Yes. It was freaky AF. And then he goes up in there and he's like, they're like, oh, great. You have your host now. We're a cult. And there's three headless people. Yay. And the, that was it. They said uh, the Trinity is dead. Hereditary. Oh, weird. Mm-hmm. Grandma, daughter, granddaughter. I guess so. Yeah, so it'll be weird. Anyways, but I was thinking like the father and the son. The father's dead. The son is now sort of dead. Mm-hmm. And whoever the Holy Ghost would be, I don't know. I was I thinking. The mom, I was thinking the, the grandma maybe. I was thinking more of matriarch in that ass in that aspect the trinity that in that aspect mm. you know what i mean mm. the grandmother so mother the, the daughter generations and then like yeah hmm. charlie was kind of could be yeah anyway it was super freaky great is number one in the freaky book it was very good though a lot of talking about that movie wow we just gave a recap of both movies okay yeah i think that's enough Def- that's that's definitely we've gone long enough okay sure. all right guys boy that was dark listen thank you guys for stopping by we're so happy you did we hope that you come by next week and uh stop, stop by our neighborhood listen to our stories uh we're gonna be talking about something to do with arkansas and crimes if you can believe that i can't well uh, in the meantime, you can catch us on Facebook at Paint the Town Dead. You can catch us on Instagram at Paint the Town Dead, all one word. Uh, Twitter is pttdpod, and our email is pttdpod at gmail.com. Uh, please subscribe, like, rate, share, comment, all those things, because that's what helps us get noticed and get sh- kind of spread around in social media. Yeah, and we got to do that so we can get them internet riches and become the- podcast. Uh- Big time podcast people. Or just feel better about ourselves for having more views. Yeah, it's whatever. Yeah. We do this mostly for fun. Yeah, it's If better. we make money, if we make, a, if we make a single penny of profit off of this, I'll be surprised. Yeah, I will too. Because we are already in the hole from buying microphones. It's fun though. It, I, it's fun yeah. though. 
it's, I, it's basically like a hobby. It is. And we, we really enjoy it. And we hope that you guys do too. Uh, let us know if you have any stories to add to this. Any in additional additional information? Anything cool that you know about Arkansas or stories related to Arkansas? We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, we've got, we've got a big list that oh, yeah. we have. It keeps growing. Hand. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, guys, have a great week. We will see you soon. Uh, um, and thanks for stopping by. Goodbye. Goodbye.